April showers bring May flowers and May flowers bring testing in schools. <laughs> Many of the assistant principals I work with also serve double duty as test coordinators. It is a challenging job, but today's show should have, should have, should contain some tips that make the job a bit easier. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. This podcast complements APEX, the Assistant Principal Acceleration Program, but you certainly don't need to be an APEX member to find value in the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Carrie, uh, Carrie Prohaska. Did I get it right? Prohaska. Prohaska. Sorry about that. That's okay. Carrie's the assistant principal at Pelham Road Elementary School in Greenville, South Carolina. And Carrie's here with us today to share her thoughts and techniques for effective test coordination. Hello, Carrie, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me today. I'm excited to talk about this important topic. Because I imagine all assistant principals out there, uh, this is part of one of the hats they wear. I think everybody's holding their breath right now. Absolutely. (laughs) Hoping that you will deliver. (laughs) Yeah. So can you tell us briefly how you got to where you are today? Um, So I was a, um, a classroom teacher for about eight years. I taught second, third, and fourth grades. I had the opportunity to stay home with um, my children um, after about eight years of teaching, stayed home. um, Then our family moved to Greenville and uh, started volunteering at the school where my children went to school. And then um, I did a couple of long-term substitute positions. Um, Then the school had an assistant principal position open. I interviewed and... um, here I am. I served at that school for about eight years, um, moved to the school where I am now um, for four years, actually left um, and worked at the district office for about three years as an evaluator. Missed being in the school setting with students and teachers and the community. And so I am back at Pelham Road. Um, and this is the first year I've been back in, in three years. So um, not the typical path that, that some people follow, but I really miss being in the school. So that's how I got here. I think it's always good to hear different ways that people got here too. And really encouraging that you were able to take time out and focus on your own kids and then step back into education and, you know, be in a really great place. Yeah. So we always like to start with celebrations. What are you celebrating today? Ah. Uh, I'm celebrating Easter um, in a wonderful Easter weekend. Um, I, per, as an administrator, I'm celebrating that COVID is over. Mm. Um, that has consumed a lot of our time this year, and we, um, it, it consumed a lot of time. So now we're able to get out in classrooms, get in the building, um, welcome parents back into our building. So I, I think that's a big celebration right now. Um, that that veil has lifted and, and people are healthy and, and back out now. That's great. Yeah, thank you. And we've, we've had podcasts earlier this year really focusing on how, how we deal with some of those challenges. And it is nice to feel like, and then we're all holding our breaths again on that, but <laughs> to feel like, okay, maybe we can get through the rest of this year and achieve some normalcy and come back and have a real school year in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all... Um, looking forward to that. And it's exciting to see the growth that the students have made this year, but um, even next year, it's gonna be even more, um, assuming that we have more of a typical year um, without the the pandemic um, demands. Yeah, I hope uh, I need to do an episode at some point soon too on just the lessons that we've learned, the things that we learned during the pandemic that actually worked and help because there have been a lot of success stories and it's going to be easy to lose those as we go back again to that that kind of normal or new normal. That's true. Mm -hmm. So this podcast is built around the principles of strategic leadership, prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, driving incremental progress rather than big change and focusing on people instead of tasks. When we talk about prioritizing purpose over urgency, we're also talking about systems because without good systems, we're trapped on the treadmill of the urgent. 
systems allow us to work more quickly and with greater accuracy. So as you listen today, please think about the systems you have in place the help that will help you with test coordination. So Carrie, let's get a big picture of how mm -hmm. testing impacts your life as an assistant principal. Um, what, what tests are you responsible for coordinating? Um, I coordinate, uh, this year we were selected to um, take NAEP. Our fourth grade students took the National Assessment of Educational Progress. Um, let, me, let me jump into, because we do have some international listeners. So NAEP is, the one test that actually has been given for, I think, 40 years. It's the longest running standardized tests. And every year, a sample of schools, not every school, but a sample of schools um, gets to do NAEP. All right. Yeah, gets to do. That's funny. That's the way <laughs> I told the children that you got selected. So um, that was uh, the first time that um, in 13 years that um, I've been a part of that. So um, already having systems in place for how I coordinate testing was helpful. Um, I also, um, here in South Carolina, we give SC Ready and the SC Past, a Pass um, evaluations at the end of the year. And those are, um, I coordinate that. Um, I also, in past years, when it wasn't COVID, um, coordinated COGAT in Iowa, co um, Cognitive Skills of and the um, Iowa test of basic skills testing for our um, second graders, as well as map testing. Um, with COVID and the amount of um, work that that put on administration, um, our instructional coach um, really stepped in and led those. So um, this year, um, our end of the year state testing and NAEP were the two big ones. Um, for me. I will say in our school, though, we do have very systematic procedural ways that we handle all of our testing. So um, that helps a lot, too, that, okay. that we follow a procedure in the school. And, and we're going to dig into that more, I think. Mm -hmm. um, what times of the year do you have testing windows? <laughs> a lot, <laughs> almost all. Um, I, I mean, really, it is uh, in our district, we have, uh, we give Mastery Connect benchmarking to essentially second, third, and fourth, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade students. Um, and that's three times a year, fall, winter, and spring. Um, we also have the COGAT in Iowa that I mentioned, which is um, identifying um, gifted and talented. That's in October, November. We have map testing for first graders in December and um, February and March. Uh, NAEP was back in um, January, and then um, we also have, uh, oh, access for our ELL students uh, was the month of February, and we have SC Ready and SC Pass coming up um, now in May. Okay. So uh, it, it's, it's become a, a, a really year-long, there's some tests going on, it seems like. Yeah. So I wonder if this is one of the first mindsets actually for assistant principals to consider is that the, the job of test coordination is not something that you kind of have in a box. And then when a certain part on the calendar hits, you just pull everything out and you do it and then you put it all in the box and you put it away. Test coordination really sounds like it is it's just part of your ongoing job. And so there's always an element of that that you need to be attending to and getting things lined up. Is that accurate? I would say that's accurate. And depending on the school that you're in and the size that you're in and how many people you have to assist you, you may be the lead testing um, school testing coordinator, or you may be the um, the second one in charge. So um, it, it kind of ebbs and flows. I work closely with our instructional coach and sometimes she's the lead um, STC and sometimes it's me. Okay. So that does help um, balance and be able to not have testing consume your whole life um, yeah. because it, it probably could. Yeah. And, and again, we have listeners from all over the place. So there are a lot of different configurations that that this can look like in, in South Carolina, and I believe in North Carolina as well. Um, it, it depends on the school district as to who is the main test coordinator. Um, and so, so a lot of times it is the assistant principal. Sometimes it may be an instructional coach. Uh, 
having guidance counselors do a lot of that work was typical. Um, I think in South Carolina now, there's been some rules put in place to protect guidance from that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's certainly a position that could be involved in other places. There are district schools that actually have a designated test coordinator as well. So, so we've got all, all kinds of possibilities, but I think regardless of, of, of your uh, APs out there, of your role in test coordination, I think you'll learn some things that will be helpful today. And, and even if you're not involved in coordinating the test, it certainly impacts you. So if you can take something away from today that, that's gonna help someone else, that would be great. And some high schools will have, um, some larger high schools have a person who is a testing coordinator for their school. They may not be in an administrative role, but that's what they do um, because there are so many assessments um, at the high school level. Yeah. And that's so involved. Okay. And, and so who do you rely on for help? Um, I rely on our, my instructional coach here at my school. Um, I also, we are blessed to have an amazing school district um, and our district office, um, the, the district testing department is, uh, they coordinate every single test in the, in the district, um, just about. And um, they are consistently providing timelines and, um, we have a whole testing Google site where all the documents that you might need are housed. Um, and so I, I would say I rely heavily on the, the district testing department. So let's, let's dig into that just a little bit. Um, so your district coordination um, features one, they're giving a calendar with all kinds of time frames, And so you have that in advance to do planning so that you're not surprised by anything. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I mean, that starts really at the beginning of the school year. I mean, they say, mark the date. Here's when this training is going to be. Um, here's when your accommodations need to all be added into the uh, into power school. Um, so you really have to pay attention to those deadlines and wherever you keep your uh, your your however you teach keep your calendar, whether that's online or paper copy or both, um, reading and, and making sure you're hitting those, those deadlines is key. So many of our assessments now are uh, online. And so you have to have everything uploaded by a certain date and entered by a certain date. And so it all has to, you know, you just have to really watch, watch all of that. Okay, and, and then you said they also provide a website where you've got all your written materials that you'll need will mm -hmm. be uploaded. Yep. Yes, just uh, very um, lockstep. I mean, you can't really make a mistake. And if you have any questions, you just email them and they email you right back with where it can be found in a certain document and, you know, clarifying any questions that you might have. So feel really, really lucky to have that. Uh, district testing department that um, you can work really closely with. Oh, that's awesome. And, and so what is, let's walk us through your general process as, <clears throat> as you start to approach, you know, a given test. Mm -hmm. What, I guess, what have you done maybe in the past that, that pays off when you start to approach that? And then what's your process? Yeah. So one thing I kind of think about, I try to look at it through the lens of the teacher and what is going to support the teachers um, as they prepare their students for whatever assessment it is um, and really communicating with them. A lot of our teachers like front loading and then, uh, you know, give them as much information and then continue to communicate it again as deadlines get closer. Um, a mindset that I have is um, organization and preparation in advance and try, just trying to do as much as I can in advance so that when something goes wrong and it will, I'm ready. And, um, and just trying to think through those little um, just strategic things like, oh, well, we have tickets we have to print. Well, we have to cut those out. We have to make sure they match the um, checkout list and, and checking those ahead of time just to make sure everything is right. Um, 
I think it's super important that we're positive and supportive. Um, we know um, how everyone feels about testing and we don't make the rules, but we have to play by them. Um, and just being positive and supporting the teachers and students, I, I just think every, has, it helps everyone have a, a good attitude going in um, to it. Um, also, we stress, you know, if something goes wrong, it's okay. We're here. It, we are here to support you. Um, and teachers are, are now, they will tell us, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what I, I think I made a mistake. And we just work through it. And um, so that's kind of my mindset going in is be positive and supportive, organize uh, and prepare in advance and communicate um, um, with all the stakeholders um, having that ongoing communication. So I guess communication is real. I mean, it's in any position, um, but that communicating dates and timelines to teachers um, with NAEP testing, we found out, um, I guess in October that we would be taking um, that assessment. So as soon as I knew, I gave them all the information I had up front. Here's what I know about this test. So get ready, put it on your calendar. No need to do anything else right now, but here's what I know. Um, and we do that not just with teachers, but with students and parents and, you know, getting it on the web, getting those dates on the websites and in hard letters to parents, teacher newsletters, just internally um, communicating. A big part of testing is ensuring that the student accommodations are correct. And that's for students with IEPs, um, 504 plans, our ELL students with ILAP accommodations, and that is, I mean, I start a notebook <laughs> as soon as I know, and we just print the accommodation page from their IEP. And I, just, I also create a Google, um, a Google Doc, a Google Sheet that has it all on there and teachers have access to it so that we can collaborate and know, oh, you know what, I sat in, I was the LEA on an IEP meeting, we changed that accommodation. Let's be sure we've changed it everywhere it needs to be changed um, so we can provide the correct accommodations. Um, can we jump on that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a really critical piece of information that might really help people. <clears throat> so when do, you, when do you start compiling the accommodation specifically for sharing with people during testing? Um, so for, a, for our state testing, we have to enter all of the accommodations for our students by February 22nd for the testing that will start in May. So I start before the holidays getting those, that initial, okay, here's the date, go ahead and print them off. If you think something's gonna change, let me know, but we're gonna start with what we've got right now. So sooner than later, for sure. And who, um, who prints those accommodations for you? Is that this your special ed teachers? Are you having somebody else pull that? Um, so most of them will print it themselves, but then uh, and they'll give it to me, give me a copy of that. They, they typically will um, date it and put their initials okay. um, so that that's a, some accountability for them as well. Right. Um, and so, so that's you can, so you can I'm sorry, I keep jumping in. <clears throat> so you can track when you start through this process. You've got your teachers, you know, your students, and you can start to track. I've got this document. I've got this document and it's all there written down. Exactly. Okay. And then when it gets to um, like we start testing on Friday, this coming Friday is um, we actually have a field test. So but all the accommodations apply. And so um, I would say what is, that's Friday. About a week and a half ago, I sent those accommodations out and said, this is what we've got. This is what we're going with. And then I actually, just to do a double check, went through, we have a program called Enrich, and I can go through and check the assessment pages. Um, and, and so I just checked each student's um, IEP page um, okay. to make sure that it was up to date and matched what we had um, in the system. So it's a lot of double checking. Our instru my instructional coach and I will do that together to make sure that all of the students are getting the accommodations that, that they qualify for and that they use in the classrooms. 
And I think it's a lot easier to double check these things on the front end rather than try to fix a mistake on the back end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to really do your due diligence and, and, you know, depending on how big your school is, I mean, you can have students and right now we kind of live in a um, online paper pencil world mm-hmm. and making sure that you have all those accommodations and oral versus not oral, oral um, and who can have oral and who can't. And so that comes in really making sure that you've read all the testing um administration guides and knowing what is allowed and what is not allowed for those particular tests. Okay. And how do you get the accommodations actually in the hands of all of the different teachers that might be involved? Um, So again, I keep that document and I cut and paste and I give everybody just for their, well, they'll have access to the entire spreadsheet Mm -hmm. um, so they can see day by day what the accommodations are. And then for that actual day of testing, we print them and highlight them and give the teachers just the teachers, just the students that they will be testing for that particular day, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. And, and I do wanna highlight something you said at the beginning of this, which is you try to approach testing through the lens of the teacher. And I think that's, that's really critical because it is, again, it's easy for us to get so focused on the task that we forget about how it impacts the people around us because we're just trying to get it done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that idea that whatever you're doing as you approach it, you're thinking about how does this impact the teacher? Yeah. yeah. So it's simple little things from like, what time are we going to check out materials on the day of testing? And I have some teachers that are early birds. So you come at seven o'clock and we'll check your materials out. You know, third grade, you come at seven ten, and, and we just have we just try to plan everything so that they are calm and they feel confident um, as they're going into it. And it sounds like one of your big strategies for that is that communication. And, mm-hmm. and you, you said that you'll front load info, info. So you'll really share it all out in the beginning, but then you'll continue to update them. I know, I know there's somebody out there thinking, well, yeah, but I tell the teachers when something's going to happen and then, you know, they lose track of it. And I told them, <laughs> how many times do you tell them? How do you tell them? How do you make sure that that everybody sees that and understands yeah. the times? And that's so true because everyone does get their information in a different way, right? So, so um, we, one thing that we have also is um, in Google, we have created um, a testing a testing drive. So every one of our tests, um, have a folder in there. So right now it's SC ready and SC pass <clears throat> and all of our communication is in there. So I can just link it and send that link to the teachers. Um, I will print it and give them a copy of it. Um, we have in-person training obviously for every one of our testing um, uh, test administration. So they will have you know in-person they will get emails, they will get hard copies. And a lot of our teachers have been doing this a long time. So they understand the importance of it and they want their students to do well. So they will read and, um, and ask questions. And that's very helpful for me when they ask, wait, this, does that make sense? Um, so I guess we just try to communicate in lots of different ways and, um, (laughs) And hope, hope people are reading everything that's sent out. We also try, you know, I try to get simplified. You know, when I send a Friday, um, right now I send um, um, emails to the teachers that most of this applies to um, on Friday. Just like, okay, last week's was, don't forget, we have our room check to make sure that you've prepared your room properly. Complete the online training for your student. Your student should have completed the online training, fill out this Google form. And I think it was double check accommodations or something like that. So it was simple for that day. And now we're, you know, this week, there'll be a little bit more. um, On the day of testing, they also have a folder with all the information in there. So I like the idea of, of a kind of consistent communication piece on that. So you're saying it, it comes out every Friday. So as a teacher, I become conditioned to know that 
that's a place I can go for that information. And also having it in multiple ways, because not everybody gonna, is going to follow the Google link. In the ideal world, we can just say, here's the link, go get it. But we know that's not going to happen. No, no. Um, one other thing that I, I did want to mention is that that is a super big deal is uh, testing security. And all of these tests come with some lots of procedures and ensuring that the teachers um, have been trained on what they can do, what they can't do, what they can say, what they can't say um, is, is super important. And our district really works on, on making sure that, that we're training our teachers appropriately, that they are reading the material um, from the testing company and, and that sort of thing. So that's very important. So what are some of the things that you've learned over the past few years that have really made this easier for you where you thought, oh, I wish I'd have known that five years ago? <laughs> um, for me, I think it's um, don't try to reinvent the wheel. So a lot of the processes that we do work for every test. So, you know, you're going to have, a, I mean, simple things like they're going to have a folder. The teacher will have a folder with their daily communication for what they need to accomplish that day during testing. Um, you know, they're going to need a testing sign. They're going to need their accommodations. They need to keep track of absences. Um, they need to keep track if there is anything that goes wrong during testing. So they have to create their seating charts. They're just some general things that go with all testing. So don't to me, it doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel, just continue those. And then teachers feel comfortable with like, oh, well, we know we have to create a seating. So you have a generic set of directions, no matter what the test, here are some things that we all need to make sure we're doing. Yeah, okay. exactly. I also keep a to-do list. And just as I think of things, I just write them down. And then as I do them, I just cut, you know, cross them off. Um, one of the, the one of the challenging things for schools, I don't know if other people have this, but um, we have to revise our our uh, daily schedule, um, our related arts, our recesses, um, our lunch schedule sometime. And so you really have to think about the whole school and you know get that into a workable um, process and schedule and then communicate that. Um, and then back up and punt if it doesn't work on the day of testing. And everybody's like, but we're ready to go to recess. But 500 children can't go to recess at the same time. So we have to think on the fly real quick on, you know, how we're going to get everyone um, out. So again, pre-thinking through that. And what if this doesn't happen? What are we going to do? Um, is one of the things that we do uh, a good bit. Are there key people you consult with when you're thinking about that scheduling? Because the, I mean, that is a big piece. And to yeah. say, hey, Carrie, here, you sit in your office and you figure it out. That sounds like a <laughs> pretty, pretty big lift. So who do you talk to? Yep. So um, I'll uh, talk to teachers about that, like our related arts teachers. For example, it's typically for us, um, music, art, PE, computer lab, all of those are 45 minutes, but on a testing day when it runs longer, you know, three or four hours, we have to shorten that up. So is 20 minutes, is that a reasonable amount of time, you know, for each class to come and just give the teacher a small break? So we'll work with the related arts teachers um, and classroom teachers to say, is this, you know, if, if, if we have to flip flop lunch, does that work for you? Does that work for the cafeteria manager? So really, whoever is involved with that um, area, we'll go to them and, and just kind of chat through that and, and try to figure out, okay, how can we make sure that everyone in the school is, is getting what they need? Okay. And then do you have a SOPs or standard operating processes that you have written out? So, you know, when a certain test comes, you've got all your steps and the things that need to get done. Do you have those written out? Um, I did it one time, um, because the district talks about this a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, we kind of shared, I, I, I think after you've done it for so long, you just kind of, you just kind of know what, what's got, what's coming up and what you have to do. And, um, you know, even with the new test, um, it, it, it 
So I, I guess no, but <laughs> in my it's in my mind and yeah. I know what has to be done. Well, um, and I think you've talked about some some processes processes that are standard regardless of which test. So you mm -hmm. know you're always going to do these things. But I think I would encourage assistant principals that are new to the game to to start write that stuff down <clears throat> and and don't sit down and try to write a perfect standard operating process in one go, mm -hmm. but just you know keep a document open on your computer. And so every day when you have to do something related to testing, just bullet point that out. And then as you go after a year or two, you're going to have a lot of that information in front of you. And not only does that make it easier for you, um, you'll get to that point where you probably don't need it too much. But at some point, you may have to hand that off to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if you can give them that bullet pointed document, that might be really yeah. helpful. Um, and I will say, I, I don't know that I have it in a document like that, but um, old school, when we used to just save everything to uh, your desktop, I, um, I realized I had everything from a couple of years ago um, and I just popped, you know, 2018 and there it was. I was like, oh, I need to do that, that and that. So it, they were just all of the bullet points were actually folders. And so exactly. that that did. Um, so I guess in essence, I did have um, yeah. and she was able the person who came in after me was able to use that and just kind of keep keep that system going. Yeah. And you said you're still maintaining folders for each of these test digital folders. Right. We do that in Google now yeah. so that it's so much easier to share and update and everybody gets it real time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that is critical in keeping, keeping everything up to date in real time as you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So checking our questions here. All right. If there are three to five things that APs really should do to improve their quality of life related to testing, what would those be? Um, well, I think I have said communicate um, early and often throughout the process. Um, you, you know, that's all your stakeholders. That's your, your teachers impacted by the testing, the students, the parents, the school as a whole, even if they're not impacted, they need to know that, um, okay, even though um, second grade is testing, is the only grade testing, everyone else needs to be quiet as they move through the building and, you know, give those students some pats on the back for doing a great job. And, um, and so that, that's what I would say is communicate um, early and often to everyone. And, um, Hopefully everyone is in a school where they have someone, they, they have a, a, a backup person, a backup school testing coordinator in case something happens to you and just really working closely with that person. Um, divide the jobs up and don't try to do it all yourself. Um, we're, you know, I've worked with her now for four or five years. And so she'll say, I'm going to do that. And you do that. I'll do this. You do that. And so um, it can be overwhelming. And so I would definitely say um, divide the work up. <laughs> so um, it's not quite so overwhelming. Um, stay organized and don't wait till the last minute to prepare. Um, whatever your organization system is, um, again, a Google is really, really good place to start to get all that, those files um, organized and in one place where you can share them easily. Um, plan time during the, your work day that is gonna be, especially as you get closer to testing, that is gonna be devoted to preparation mm -hmm. um, and where you're not interrupted. And so that's a conversation perhaps with your your principal that says, okay, from 12 to 1.30, we're gonna be working on test prep because so if you can handle discipline while, or any calls that might come, that would, that, that just that communication piece with your principal, um, yeah. because otherwise you will be after school, you will be on the weekends, um, depending on how big your school is. Um, we have uh, about 755 kids. So I'm the only AP. So we can, you know, we're, and we're also pl planning for our, this last testing um, and some of our others throughout the year. 
uh, virtual and in-person because we still have students who are virtual. So that's another piece. They don't test on the same days this year that we are testing. So that's, uh, those are a few more days to, yeah. to plan, plan for and organize. Um, I wanna, and I would also suggest talking to other assistant principals about their processes and what they do. Um, and when I started out, I, there were two APs at the school where I worked. So um, I learned from my predecessor and um, still use a lot of the same um, procedures that we used um, back in the day with just tweaks and trying, you know, making it work for my school now. But um, again, don't try to create everything yourself, lean into the resources that you have. Yeah, that's good advice. And I will say if there's anybody out there listening that feels like they've got some really good um, materials already or some SOPs or whatever it might be, um, please feel free to email me and then I can share that with the rest of the listening community. That would be great because um, we we can't operate in a bubble, right? And we can't be alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and then piggybacking on that, I think two of the hardest things here, one is asking for help because we want to think we can do it all and we don't want to burden other people, but everything you said, we can't operate in isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, If for no other reason, if we don't communicate with anybody and something happens to us, that's, we're in big trouble. So yeah, ask for help. And, and the other part of that, was um, I think the sharing of information and in a timely fashion. And even if you don't have it all, because I know there are people out there that don't want to share anything until it's perfect because they want to deliver the entire package, right? Many of us suffer from that, but half the information now, and just being able to say, I don't, I don't know this other half, but here's what I know right Mm -hmm. now. Mm-hmm. That is way better than holding everything in until it can be just perfect. And then it comes late and some people will freak out. Yes. Yes. And, and teachers in particular, you know, we're planners. <laughs> Most of us are planners and, and type, you know, sometimes type A and want that information. Like you said, whether it's all of it, just give me what, give me what you know. And then it's okay to say, this is all I know right now. Um, and it may have to change. Um our testing window is so long in this right now that we may have to change a few things. We don't know. Let's just get through one day at a time. And then um, if we do have to monitor some things and adjust, we'll do that. Good, good. Okay. The million dollar question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do we maintain some level of instructional leadership when we're in the thick of testing? Okay, I think it goes back to planning and organizing and utilizing that time when you're not testing. So again, don't wait till the last minute because then you will be three weeks before the test and not be able to get out and observe or or do anything else other than prepare for testing. So so just prepare in advance and then give yourself some grace on those testing days. I mean, it's hard for, I, I say, carve out time during the day and like tell my principal or ask my principal, all right, I need two hours with the IC to go through this. That's hard for me because I want, I want to be out in the building, in classrooms, working with teachers and students, um, but give yourself some grace and say, you know, you have to go home at some point in the day. <laughs> and <clears throat> so it's okay to to use that time during the day to plan. Um, I think um, also um, I still try to um, get in observations, attempt in our instructional meetings. Um, I LEA most of our um, special ed 504 uh, meetings. I still attend grade level meetings. So I, I, I just continue to be in the forefront and for me, honestly, a lot of this is organizational kinds of things. So I try not to let it consume my work day. Um, and that's, again, just being organized and planning and doing a little bit along the way okay. um, for me personally. And, and something, another thing that you've mentioned a couple of times that I just want to highlight for listeners is creating that uninterrupted time to really dig in and get, and get those tests done. 
And so many of us are used to multitasking and thinking we can multitask and multitasking erodes your ability to work effectively. And you, if you can you talk to your principal and you can close that door for an hour, or an hour and a half, you're going to get three hours of work done, mm -hmm. you know, rather than if you have your open door and you're constantly getting interrupted and right. you're going to make mistakes if you're getting interrupted doing this kind of work. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So folks listening out there, don't be afraid to say, to go and to ask for help and say, I need an hour and a half. I need to be able to lock my door in my office and take care of this because it will save you time in the long run. It will save you mistakes. And, and then you can use that time then to go back and continue some of that instructional leadership. I would say also, um, you know, one of the things that we do, I, I feel like we do really well is to use that data from these tests to inform our, our instruction. And I try to keep that in my for, the forefront of my mind too, is that you know there, there is a purpose for this and we're not just testing these kids to death you know, for no reason. Um, you know, we use our state test scores to really delve into school-wide strengths and weaknesses, grade level strengths and weaknesses, um, teacher um, strengths and weaknesses. We use those to set our goals for um, the school teacher and grade levels. Um, map testing to see where our little, you know, first graders are and what are our instructional practices and how can we improve. Now, it's only one, you know, one criteria, but knowing that that is a piece of data that we can use um, is, is just to me important. So I try to keep in my mind, you know, we are going to use this data um, and we're getting it back quicker and quicker now. So it's not like we used to get it in September or so, but now we'll get it much sooner. We'll have it, gosh, in a few weeks so that we can now, okay, let's look at, mm. look at what, how we did and then, you know, use that data um, effectively to, um, in our practice. Yeah. I think that's important making sure people know there is a reason behind this. Yes. Matter. Yes, exactly. Yep. Anything else you want to share? Um, I, I would just say stay positive and laugh as much as you can. Um, we get goofy t-shirts um, to wear on those testing days. Um, we, uh, some schools do pep rallies uh, to get the kids all excited about um, testing. And we have done that in the past. Um, COVID kind of, Put a little bit of a kibosh on that, but um, just building the kids' confidence um, is important um, and it's a part of our role too, not just all the organization part, but um, building student confidence and teacher as well. We'll do breakfast for them, snacks and things like that. Um, stay calm if and when something goes wrong because the teacher is, and the kids are already going to be, you know, all upset. So just assuring them that it's going to be okay. We can work yeah. through this. The teachers uh, will take it harder than you do. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I guess after, because we have such support from our school district that, you know, you just pick up the phone and say, here's what's happened. And then we walk through the process and um, there's, you know, I can't think of anything that can't be fixed. So, um, you know, I think, that's something I, I hadn't thought about was how important it is for you to create that environment where teachers know if there's a mess up, come forward, come forward and we'll fix it because the absolute worst thing would be to have a mess up and have the teacher be afraid to come forward and then it doesn't get dealt with and then something worse happens later. Right, right. So that's just that, uh, you know, climate that you create and when you're doing your whole group training and we were able to do that face-to-face -face again this year, which was really, really great. Um, and teachers were able to ask questions and, you know, well, what if this, what, and we had some clarification on some things. Um, so yeah, just really saying it's okay. We're, it's, it's okay. We're human. And, um, you know, try on the front end to read all your information and know, know your stuff, but um, it's okay if, you know, if a kid doesn't want to take the test that day, we'll work through that. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I would also say, ask for help when you need it. We already talked about that. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, 
And then again, using that data to inform instruction for all students that there is a purpose um, for this, even though it may be just one data point, um, we can use it to ultimately help students and move your school in the right direction. Ooh. All right, lots of good stuff. So as we wrap up, I have three questions for you. And the first okay. is, what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at? I would say um, I'm a multitasker, uh, for sure. Um, we're in, a, you know, you wear a lot of hats during the day and multiple hats at one time. So I would say, you know, really being an active listener um, is, is something that I'm continuously working on is, is listening and not already forming my thoughts <laughs> um, or thinking about something else. It's just really being in the moment and, and being a, an active listener. Mm, that's, that's so critical. So I'm going to share a story that that happened this past week. Um, I was up in Ohio working with my wife's family. Um, difficult situations, but uh, one of my cousins that we were staying with a cousin and they had a friend who'd passed away and they went to the, the memorial service and came back just really um, cheered, but also in awe. And the thing that people said about this gentleman who had passed away uh, story after story about how he was able to make people feel like they were the most important person in the world. And we talk about presence a lot. I emphasize presence and we talk about, you know, being there for people. But I want to put this in, in context because here's someone who you know, has a lifetime and has passed away. And so all the people that love that person are coming together to say, what was the special thing that this person did? Right. And it was, they made me feel like I'm the most important person in the world when they're with me. Wow. So that's a gift. Yeah. 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 That's a gift. And mm -hmm. I, I think we all can get better at that. I don't know if we can all be, you know, that great all <laughs> the time, but we can all grow in that. And, and I think sometimes it just sounds so simple that it's easy for us to say, well, it's not that big a deal, but it is, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think in our climate and in the world that we're living in today, um, it, it's important for all the stakeholders, you know, certainly for, you know, in your private life, but in schools that your students, your staff, parents, that everyone feels that way, that when you're working with them right then, they are the most important thing that you have on your in that moment. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's, it is that, that active listening and, um, and just really being present. Good. <laughs> okay. And if listeners could take away just one thing from the podcast today, what should that be? Gosh, just one thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two. <laughs> okay. I would say communicate, you know, be a strong communicator, and be positive about the 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 task um, that you're you're going about. Um, yeah, I, I would say communicate. You know, really develop those strong communication skills, and then be be positive um, when you are communicating and and working with your stakeholders. Okay, and astute listeners will observe that those are two of the great skills that will help them all the time in anything that they're doing. Mm -hmm. yep. okay. So maybe test coordination is a thing, but in some ways it's not that different. It's not a different set of skills than what we should be relying on and, and developing every single day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're using skills that, that you use as part of your, your leadership role. So, um, it's not just this, like I think you said at the beginning, it's not this little thing you put in a box and you take yeah. out, um, you know, it's something you're doing all ongoing all the time. Um, so just Great. another way for you to refine your, continue to refine skills. Yeah, I think so. And I think as we close, I really would like people out there, you know, if you're listening and I have always approached it as put this thing in a box. And then when you're done with it, you put it back on the shelf, but it becomes really apparent through today's conversation that that's not the way to approach this, right? It's 
it's part of our job, but it also relies on the same set of skills that we should be developing and applying in all kinds of mm -hmm. other situations. So, Absolutely. yeah. So test coordination is not its own thing. It is one, one way that we leverage our skills to help improve our school. Yeah, absolutely. That's yes. I, I would hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We do a lot else? of it. So I hope so. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? No, thank you. Um, you know, if you, anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm happy to share any, um, you know, any of my tips and tricks. Um, hope I was helpful today. Um, with, with kind of how I approach approach testing and coordinating. Um, and I know we all have our, our, our ways that we do that, but um, I'm happy to share anything I can. So can people email you? Yes, yes, that would be fine. All right, and where should they email you at? Okay, my email is uh, the letter C, P as in Paul, R-O-C-H-A-S, so cprochaz at greenville.k12.sc.us. It's a mouthful. Yeah. cprochaz at greenville.k12.sc.us. And we'll put a link in the show notes for that oh, too. Oh, thank you. Carrie, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking time today. Thank you, Dr. Besky. I enjoyed it very much. I appreciate it. Great, great. Appreciate All your right. work. <laughs> Thank you. So if you listeners enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show. So if you have feedback for me, please email me at frederick at frederickbusky.com. If you'd like more content tailored towards the needs of assistant principals, you can head over to my website at frederickbusky.com. And remember, if there are any tips, uh, testing tips or techniques that you'd like to share with us, again, um, email me and let me know, and then we can share that out with the community. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey, and I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast.